Blog Talk Radio. Thanks very much. Glad you could join us. Uh, yeah, my one and only podcast, I'm quite sure. <laughs> well, let it be the first of many to come. <laughs> okay. You know, I think a lot of people may be surprised to learn that you have a degree in geography. You know, I think there's um, a, a good assumption and a, a smart one at that, that a lot of designers would have uh, degrees in, you know, architecture, fine design, things like that. So can you explain what your thinking was at the time and how you made the transition? Uh, yeah, well, that, I mean, that makes it sound like I had a kind of um, carefully mapped out um, career path, which you know, I, I absolutely didn't. I mean, I, I studied geography purely and simply because it was my favorite subject, which sounds a very kind of primitive approach, really. Um, but that was it. And, and at the time, and, you know, there, was, there wasn't really a a set plan or an intention that I would work with my dad and it was just something which emerged a few years after I left university really so you know so I've had no formal design training my dad as you probably know or listeners might know had none whatsoever he was a concert pianist um you know that said I I you know I certainly don't put myself in the same bracket as my amazing dad from a design point of view you know I'm I have a much more general sort of design influence and, and role in the office um so i'm not you know i'm not at a drawing board in the way my dad was so long-winded answer diane sorry but so so geography is uh you know that's my degree and as i say it's you know i did it because that's that, that was my favorite subject right right now it's it's interesting because a lot of a lot of companies in the yacht business have second generation third generation etc members and you know i think it's very common for us to look at that and say oh of course but there still has to be something in the current generation that makes them want to stay in the business so what is it that kept your interest in yacht design and the yacht business in general i i guess that's really just from you know from the whole environment i i grew up in um with my dad um you know i was aware even from an early age you know of the the amazing business that that he was in, you know, and it was very, it was, it was such, it was really part and parcel of of 
of my life, you know, to the extent where the, when he first set up, set up his office, his design office, it was in the basement of our, of our house in Chelsea, you know, so I'd, you know, age, I don't know, seven, eight, something like that, wander downstairs and, you know, see what was happening and see, you know, models being made and amazing, you know, things being drawn and designed, you know, run into... You know, people who now set up their own business, you know, Terry Disdale and people like that working down there. And so I guess I was just always surrounded by that, you know, and even many years later, you know, my dad would come into his office at home and, you know, he'd be sitting there drawing till the late hours. I'd go to launches with him. You know, I remember going to the Nabila launch at at Benetti, you know, whenever that was in the early 80s. So I guess, you know, I guess it was just something... You know, sounds corny to say in my blood, but uh, you know, just just by dint of having grown up like that, you know, it it just the, the interest just seeped into me like osmosis, I guess. Right, right. <laughs> that's good. Would you Mixing say... metaphors. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite all right. <laughs> you know, would you say that now compared to the early days of your career, do you take a different approach to design and with clients, or or? Do you really see no major differences? Wow, I don't think of it as my career, really. I mean, you know, I, I guess the, you know, the clock was sort of reset, really, when my my poor dad died in in 2002. So, you know, things were at then we would, you know, we were, you know, I had to sort of finish off a couple of projects. You know, we were just that was the sort of uh, multiple our 50 meter at Benetti. I had to sort of see that through its final um, nine months or something and we were just doing finishing a few elements on on rising sun before the sort of interior was taken over by um, by others so you know I guess it was sort of you know thin times really for a while understandably people you know people waiting to see what was coming out of the studio post my dad um, Simon Raoul you know I was, was very fortunate to get him and get him persuade him to join joined me in in 2003 so it kind of you know it took a while to for people to see what was happening and to build up a kind of body of of work from which or by which people could you know judge us i guess so in a way i don't feel i've had that kind of luxury of you know changing an approach it it was being it was really all about reestablishing and then and then building a kind of you know, a style and uh, enough enough sort of projects for people to begin to see what we were doing. Right, right. Um, so, you know, I don't know if I maybe haven't answered your question really, you know, but I mean, I, you know, I hope it's we still from an approach sense, you know, do the things that, you know, my dad used to do and be, be exciting and be radical and brave and, um, you know, hopefully make the project an enjoyable thing above and uh, you know above everything for everyone. Nobody, my dad used to say, nobody needs a yacht. Mm. So you know, when they do come, you know, I think you're absolutely on a bound to make the process. You know, apart from being, you know, making it creatively wonderful, I think you've got to make the process, uh, you know, a thrill and an exciting time for everyone. So I hope, you know, I hope those are the elements we're continuing, and also, you know, which which underpin what we do. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yep. Okay. You, know, you, mentioned, you mentioned how um, you like to make the project exciting and innovative and um, creative. Do you find that the owners have very clearly imagined ideas 
um, or are they more open to your interpretation of a, a general concept that they have? No, oh, you know what? I guess it's pretty diverse, actually. You know, we've had, you know, we've had some owners who come, you know, march in armed with, you know, tear sheets out of magazines and they, you know, folders that they've, you know, books and magazines and they've stuck post-it notes and earmark stuff that I, you know, I like this. And that's good, you know, it's good to get some kind of lead like that. But equally, you know, we've had we've had quite a few who, you know, who, when I say they don't have any idea, that's that's not meant to sound um, grand. But they, you know, they have an open mind, if you like. But it's but I think they've the reason they've come to us is to you know is to be led and guided and and advised and have got a pretty open mind. So. You know, I think it's I think it's all types. In our in our you know brief second Bannenberg career, we've only had time to have one repeat owner so far. Um, we did um, Landis, so we did the, the Heeson version, and then a later bigger Aberking and Rasmussen version. Mm-hmm. But I think it's you know I think it's it's pretty it's pretty mixed really the, the the balance between people knowing what they want and people ready to be ready to you know follow us on the journey. Right, right. You know, with the different ideas that each owner brings to the table, that I would think translates into a pretty varied portfolio for you and for your firm. You know, I'm thinking of boats like Predator, which was commissioned to be a real party platform and very aggressive right. style. And a party platform is the correct phrase, I think, <laughs> by all accounts. Definitely, <laughs> anyway. definitely. Yeah. And then, just out of coincidence, another Fed ship, one of their newer uh-huh. ones, um, Kathleen Ann. Yeah. That that look is much more home oriented. Um, right. So even with such differences, do you find there's a common thread in the owner's wishes and the designs that you ultimately? Execute? Oh. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, our our common thread, I guess. You know, to do, I guess every studio has, uh, you know, has handwriting, and I I suppose we do too, but. That said, you know, I, I like to think it is pretty flexible. You mentioned Predator and Kathleen Ann, which, like you say, you know, both out of the Reese, but at absolutely different um, ends of a spectrum. Um, you know, I think you, we are flexible, but I think we, you know, impose the same kind of thinking and interesting, interesting sort of outlook on our different projects. At the moment, you know, just by way of example, I mean, up until this point, Kathleen Ann or maybe Bluebird had been our most uh, traditional, I hate that word, but, you know, traditional interiors or conventional interiors, but, you know, they're not very good tags, these. But we're just finishing or we'll finish next February another 60 meter at Aberking and Rasmussen where the owner wanted us to do a, he said he wanted a German interior. Which led to much scratching of heads about, you know, what does this mean? What's a German interior? Is, does he mean a, you know, S-class Mercedes? Does he mean Bauhaus? Does he mean, who knows? So it, it took a while, but in fact, what we've ended up with is quite a woody, panelled, slightly imposing interior. Now, you know, that's that's yet another departure from from Kathleen Ann and Predator, but I think. You know, if you if you took someone to the photos and they had no captions or something, I think it's still a pretty high chance they'll tag it as a as a Bannenberg and Rowell interior. Mm-hmm. So, what was your original question? <laughs> I'm sorry, it was about the common thread. Well, right. 
I mean, I, I suppose we introduce the common thread with our, you know, with our approach to the design. But 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 I always want there to be that kind of flexibility and variety that, um, you know, that pe people see very different output from us, albeit. You know, with a bit of careful study, they'll say that's you know that's an interior from those guys. Right, right. You know, what are some of the things that you would say makes a project memorable? Um, can you know, can you give an example from your portfolio, whether it's um, some in the past or something you're working on right now? Is it the you know the collaborative process? Is it the materials that somebody? I has think it. You know, I think it is. You know, that is. You know, the collaborative process. You know, particularly with the. the you know, the very hands-on clients and the ones who immerse themselves in the process. Um, you know, that's a, that is a special thing. Um, you know, spending the thick end of three years doing everything, visiting, you know, suppliers, um, you know, hunting down artwork together. Um, you know, that that's a special process. I mean, it... You know, there are particular things you might put on board a boat, like, for instance, our recent Trinity... Um, of Baccarella finished at 60 meter finished last year you know we put a big um, carved slate map on the bridge deck as you step out of the elevator and you know the process of doing something like that which is installed art you know and we worked to track down a, a really famous stone carver in the UK who'd done monuments and things like that in Westminster Abbey and the, the process of doing that choosing quotes together with the owner, you know, lines from Yoko Ono and things from JFK, to pull all those things together, um, you know, that that's very kind of satisfying and, and, and a, you know, ultimately a memorable thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I guess you want a really cool example of something, but I guess I'm giving you, Diane, the more sort of general things, you know, again, I mean it, you know, and the, even the business of you know, going to owners in different parts of the world and working with shipyards in different parts of the world. You know, it's it's you know it is it's amazing kind of privilege, and I think that in its in its own right is um you know are all memorable things, really. Oh, absolutely, yeah, I agree. Yeah. When I you know when I ask about things being memorable, I don't mean to imply that it has to be something monumental. You know, even <laughs> even you know quote unquote mundane things or seen things that seem to be mundane like visiting a shipyard, I, I also believe are very memorable. I love to go to the shipyards, even ones that I go to every year. I see something different each time. Yeah, no, I mean, I love it too, you know, and, I, you know, especially, you know, and especially, frankly, you know, being able to perhaps travel a bit further afield from, from the European shipyards, you know, finishing various trips to, you know, to Trinity, where, you know, we're always amazing, you know, going to New Orleans first, and then, of course, pre-Katrina, and then, you know, post hurricane, relocating to Gulfport, and uh, you know, the whole process is amazing. You know, I mean, I I I could feel incredibly English and European traveling there. You know, and wearing the wrong things with my flowered shirt, and felt like I was going to get chased out of town by <laughs> by those guys. So it was, you know, it was um, it was, you know, it's, I find it all a really interesting and and you know, special time really. Right. Good. Good. You, know, you were mentioning the Abaking that's presently under construction mm. um, with the dark woods. It sounds very right. intriguing. You know, there are, I think there are some people who may think of dark woods as being very, uh, you know, very dark and dreary. But it sounds like it might actually be quite an interesting opposite effect with this boat. So can you well, talk a little bit more about that? Or 
Yeah, I mean, I certainly hope so. I mean, you're right, you know, in, if you're making big black and white rules, you know, we approach a, you know, dark tone woods with, with you know, with a little bit of caution, you know, I think... It's not a mahogany box, let's put it that way. You know, it's got some, it's got there's some pretty interesting, um, unusual timbers. Um, but it's, you know, it's offset with some with some pretty funky stuff. You know, big. In fact, they are quite sort of Bauhaus inspired. You know, rugs and interesting, you know, chestnut parquet flooring, and uh, you know, there's some there's some pretty cool stuff in there. Um, so what it won't turn out to be is a, you know, is a one of a better phrase, you know, a gentleman's club with fielded, you know, fielded dark mahogany, mahogany paneling and brass fittings. It's, you know, it's not that vibe at all, but it's, um, but it's a very interesting study in, you know, in, in timber and pattern and uh, motifs. Um, so I've kept that a bit mysterious, but I think it comes out in, in uh, February. So uh, you know, I hope I hope it won't be long before some pictures of her are, are out and about. Good, good. We'll look forward to seeing that. Is there anything else you're working on right now that's a little bit? Um, yeah, out? we've got a few. You know, we had a, we had a kind of really nuts year last year, and as much as we we five boat five projects were delivered, which was um, you know a bit of a weird uh, kind of peak, really. So think you know things are going to smooth out a bit now, so that. We've got one one delivery this year, which is our 85-meter um, motor yacht um, project named Josie at Lursen with a Hermann Freres exterior. Um, that's that's ready in October. Um, the Aberking, I told you, that's next, February next year. Um, a 37-meter Heeson a bit later next year, I think in, in June 2011. There's a 60-meter there's a Bonetti, which is due to come out next summer as well, summer 2011, which has a, a kind of um, slightly 50s kind of Roman holiday um, vibe to it, which I think is going to be, which is going to be cool with some interesting things like straw marquetry and parchment and, uh, you know, that, that'll be cool. Um, and then 2012, we're doing another Heeson, we're doing Franz Heeson's Heeson. Known in known in the office as the Heeson Heeson, um, so that's you know that's going to be cool and and you know e an an even bigger responsibility I think when it comes to um, you know to an owner when the, when the you know shipyard owner has um, has hired you to do their yacht I think that's uh, you know it's a big compliment but it's <laughs> it's a big worry too but um, you know we've had some we've had some nice meetings with Franz and Petra his wife and. Uh, I think that'll that'll be cool too," he says. I'm sorry, this is terrible self-publicity, isn't it? Just saying it'll be cool. You have to edit that <laughs> Not out. At all. But um, I believe, I believe but <laughs> he um he went on board um in the Fort Lauderdale show. He went on board. We had we had two 60 meters there. We had the Trinity and we had the our Elandus, the 60 meter Abiking. Um, and he you know he was he was excited with them both. So um, I think that's that's what made him confident. I think to you know pick up the phone and go with us. So that's that's the sort of um, stuff in the pipeline. We've got a, not all boats. There's a house we're doing in Switzerland on the shores of Lake Geneva, and a um, penthouse in the Thames near near the Houses of Parliament, and one or two other sort of bits and pieces. You know, an, um, an old aircraft and um, some individual furniture design. So 
quite a mixed mixed diet of stuff at the moment. Yeah, it sounds it sounds good. Yeah. Great. You know, one of the things I I see impacting design more and more these days are mm-hmm. uh, changes in regulations, especially ones that mm. are safety related. Um, there's a real hot topic right now, as I'm sure you know, is the potential implementation of the International Labor Organization Convention, known yeah. as LC 2006. There were, uh, among the, the listeners who aren't familiar with it, I'll just give you a real brief overview. Um, oh, I'm glad you're doing that. Thank you, Diane. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's complicated, too. You know, the convention's aim is to improve the working conditions of crew, especially as far as their living accommodations are concerned. Um, and nobody disputes that it's a good idea in theory, but there is concern in the yacht world from the standpoint of it being written with merchant ships in mind. So it's not really a, a simple cut-and-paste type of application. So my question for you, Dickie, is do you follow developments related to MLC 2006 or other regulations, and do you attend hearings or otherwise try to be part of the voice of the yacht um, we, we, yeah, we certainly follow them, and you know, in particular, it does help. One guy in our office, James Carley, um, is our one and only naval architect um, in the office, and in fact, his, in the previous life, was also a Lloyd surveyor. Um, so he is, in a particular, is you know, he's got much better antennae than the rest of us for you know, for legislation and um, you know, its possible effect. So he, so we do follow it. We lean on him, and he's he's very good at tapping into that. Um, specifically with MLC, we're doing um, some sort of studies at the moment with a couple of the yards. We're doing some exterior designs for. We've got a 45 meter and a 73, and we've done we've done some sort of joint studies on on uh, the implications of this with with for, you know for crew layout and what kind of space is going to have to be. Uh, gained or, or taken back from guest areas. Um, so, in terms of get, you know, do we get involved in uh, you know in hearings and things like that? Not much, I think, is the honest answer. I mean, this you know, the yachting press are great. You guys cover it and raise all the issues, and the various groups, PYA and others, who who are lobbying and and bringing pressure to bear. I mean, they are all doing a great job. So. We tend to get more involved in some of the more sort of design out over design sort of conferences and and things like that. But uh, um, so that yeah, that's how we follow it, I guess, Diane. Right. That kind sure. of that kind of mixture of things. Right. And do you foresee more regulations potentially impacting the yacht business and, and therefore dictating what can and can't be done design-wise? Um, I mean, I guess the short. Um, yes, I'm sure. You know, like, like, like. I'm sounding like an old bloke now, but like, you know, like everything, all industries and you know fields these days, there is more regulation, and it's, you know, it's well intentioned by and large. Um, you know, with the ultimate aim of improving safety and 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 people's conditions. Um, so I'm, I can't see that tied changing and going the other way i just hope it i just hope it doesn't become too all-encompassing you know and from from our point of view at least from interior design and decoration you know it 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 would be it would be a shame if some of those restrictions became too onerous and you know you found your your range of some materials and things and finishes that you could use ever more restricted um so 
I'm not. I, I probably sound a bit gloomy about that. I, I don't think I am, but it's. I just. I just think it's inevitable, really, that it becomes. It becomes ever more tightly, tightly controlled and regulated. But but there are some. As like I said earlier, there's some great lobbying voices and industry representation. And I'm. I'd like to think. You know, there'll be. A, there'll be a kind of sensible, sensible path through it. Mm, definitely. I think that's what I yeah. really hope. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Well, Dickie, thanks so much for joining the podcast today and sharing your thoughts on the design process. We really appreciate it. No, I appreciate it too, Diane. Great, great pleasure. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Everybody, if you'd like to learn more about Bannenberg and Rowell Design, you can visit the website, which is www.bannenbergandrowell.com. Thanks for tuning in to Megayot News Radio today. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to learn more about the Megayot market, you can read my daily blog, check out exclusive videos, and listen to more exclusive podcasts on my website, which is www.megayotnews.org.